Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Commando, Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. Uh, ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice to beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker and wanting to upgrade or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories in the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Commander Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting and searing. Commander Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk, plus Facebook and Twitter. And on today's show, we have the Clifton Chili Club guys, uh, Jay and Dave. How are you doing? You're right. Yeah, we're good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Awesome. Great to have you on. Well, thanks for having us. <laughs> it's an honour, mate. Yeah. Yeah, we've been meaning to get you on for quite a long time now. We saw, we saw Dave down at Penn Grilly last year. And we said at the time, we're like, oh, we've got to get you on the show at some point, but never got round to it and finally got you on the show. No, yeah, I remember that because yeah, I think you were slaving over one of your barbecues and that, and so we were just uh, nicking the bits of uh, food that you're offering. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was a proper lush reception, you remember? Yeah, a bit of wind as well, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, we had to grab onto the gazebos as they were starting to blow away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good little festival, though. Yeah, we were just, we were just talking about. On the way over here, actually, about our burger, I was saying, I remember Dave said gave us a, a tip on the onions because we were, we were putting just some oh, raw onion in and you are like, me. oh, you could try pick, uh, pickling it and that, it might make a nicer flavour. That was me. Oh, was yeah, it? That was me. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember, remember the conversation. Yeah, I like, I like me on the means pickles. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so let's get into it a bit. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you both and about the Chili Club? Okay, well, um, as you've introduced me, everyone knows me as Chili Dave. Um, started the club up, what was it, seven years ago now, I think, seven, eight years ago. Um, a group of us just all like chilies and we like cider and we were in the, the local pub, really. Um, and instead of talking about football or rugby, the one thing that we sort of all had in common, uh, believe it or not, were chilies. And we started, well, oh, I like to do this with chili, I like growing chilies. And it's basically just sort of found out sort of online that there was this open day a chili farm down in Dorset called um, Sea Springs Heat. Um, and they had an open day on which they had their greenhouses open, they had cooking demos, etc etc. Um, and then basically we're like, I'll tell you what, let's go on a day trip. So we went down there on a day trip, took a barbecue with us, actually awesome. and then <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we went to this festival. It was, that, well, it was not a festival, it was not an open day, and it was brilliant. Um, we learned, um, well, it opened our eyes up. And an amazing day, we met Michael and Joy Michelle, um, who uh, they hold the record years ago for the world's hottest chili, which was the Dawson Lager in those days. And then basically, um, there's a, a, a Thai lady there doing some Thai food with chilies. And it's all opened our eyes up. Um, we ended up on the beach, which is about a mile away from their house, with a few chilies. Got the old barbecue out, fishing rod, fresh mackerel, um, sashimi, some, put some on the barbie, and then barbied it. And then we basically came back and then sort of had a few more ciders and then sort of 
discussed it, and bang, the birth of the Clifton Chili Cup uh, was born. Nice. Yeah, lovely. On the beach, yeah. eating some eating yeah. some good food. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and then, obviously, you've got Jay here as well, so I'll let, let Jay introduce himself. Uh, I'm Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Jay. <laughs> how, how strange is that? <laughs> Yeah, well, I kind of, um, yeah, I mean, my, my background is that I've been brought up with Spice. Um, you know, from a very early age and uh, with relatives from uh, sort of the, the Caribbean and, and so on, um, I was introduced to, to Spices from quite a young age. And uh, I remember even before I was a teenager eating some really silly hot stuff, but absolutely sort of loving it and... You know, back back at that point, it's all about bravado. But these days, it's more about you know taste, flavour, you know, enjoyment and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, well, I sort of came to the the club only a, a couple of two, three. I don't know. It wasn't long after it initially formed, to be honest. Um, I sort of uh, uh, been chatting with uh, Dave basically on online at a chili forum called Chili's Galore. This is going back years now, and and um, yeah, I sort of uh, not looked back since really. Cool. You kind of touched on it there, I guess. So I was going to say to you, like, what what got you into chili? Why do you love chili so much? Like, because there's, there's different people. People like like the flavour of it. People just like the rush of having something that's really hot. There's like different <laughs> like aspects of it. I like, think we all go through that. Yeah. That sort of phase of, yeah. of trying to eat the hottest chilies we could possibly uh, handle, and uh, still I still know. get to that point. Sometimes I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a rite of passage, I think, for, for, for anyone that eats chili. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's interesting. I mean, bravado is still very much alive when it comes to to chilies, and people, I, 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 you know, there's a lot of people out there that were still kind of they want it as hot as they can get it, but they almost don't know why. You know, they just it's almost like I just want to test my metal and and see what I can take. But um, you know, it's something that over time. Uh, a lot of people progress from. They actually start to find that the flavours they like um, aren't necessarily in the the super hots, and you've got to be comfortable. And um, you know, it, you know, we'll, we'll maybe talk about it in a while, but I'll sort of explain some of the peppers and why. So um, it, it, it does come up a lot. Uh, women, I think, are a little bit more. Um, but it's less provado, isn't it? I'd say. Yeah. It's more um, kind of, you know throw caution to the wind let's try it <laughs> yeah it's sort of like you know i mean i was watching some cooking programs on a, one of the tv channels the other day um and they just said oh there's a red chili and i knew exactly which straight away is a cayenne and they're going oh dc this chop that up but they you know these are sort of celebrity chefs that are just getting a chili and they're not explaining anything and they're just chopping it up and just putting it in there and it's there's such a world of chilies and the variety and like the joe um, mention is the flavours, the different heat levels. And I I really, really like my mild chilies. However, I do like my really super hot. I mean, sort of didn't properly introduce myself, but, you know, I used to be in the army um, and retired three years ago. Um, so you can imagine in the forces, there's a lot of male sort of provider. And, you know, and you do these silly things and it's just a sort of like, your mates and you know they knew me as chili days in the army and I used to do crazy stuff uh, I still do crazy stuff however <laughs> it's the normal chilies I love and um, yeah I just yeah, just love the flavour just love the, the, the heat and the fuzz it gives you as well 
Yeah, I think people win. I think that maybe supermarkets are slightly to blame as well. I mean, you go in there and you get these bags of mixed chilies and stuff like that. And they don't state what they are. Yeah, and or just red chilies. Or red chilies or green chilies and, and no explanation yeah. of what they are. People don't know what they're using. And But I do yeah. think that people are becoming more and more aware of the ingredients they're using and, and they want to know more. So I think that the, the sort of the next thing would be to naturally sort of try and educate people on what they are. The, the chilies they're using so i think like uh, for instance my partner she sometimes buys like the the, the bags of mixed chilies and she said the other day that <coughs> she uh basically like one one's mild one's hot one's really hot and it's just a weird mix of everything it's like russian roulette yeah. <laughs> russian roulette because there's no there's no actual name on what what anything is and, and it's just a bit of a, a minefield out there it's like you guys with, say, steak, for example. You know, with steak, you've got, you know, you've got a whole bunch of cuts. So whether it's a sirloin, whether it's rump, whether it's a, sort of a T-bone fillet and so forth, they've all got their own characteristics, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. And and the way you even cook with them also will, um, or, or, you know, the, the sort of, the cooking is almost dictated by the steak a little bit as well. So, you know, some are brilliantly served rare, whereas others actually benefit from a bit more of a medium cooking so on so yeah I, well, we've always... I bet with chilies the same thing is like sort of like some are best eaten raw some are best cooked some are best dried yeah. some are best sun dried and, and thus i bet there is i mean there's hundreds of different things i suppose you could do with them so so yeah yeah that's it and, they, and it's understanding those flavor notes as well and, and whilst certain families of chilies you can categorize and you're going to get a loose idea as to what they will taste like um you, you know, I mean, we take some like South American chilies, the, the Aki's, um, uh, are a range of chilies. I mean, there's over 75, I think, varieties of it alone. Now, they're, they're kind of underlining flavor note, I would argue, is, is slightly more citrus, but some of them are very tropical in their flavor as well. Uh, some of them are great for, for kind of raw add-ins. Some are very... Um, great for um, sort of drying and powdering and almost using it as like a kind of a citrus kick and, and so on. So, yeah, it is, it, I mean, part of what we do is, is, is a, an education, if you will, and we've um, given sort of cooking demos, uh, certainly the last year or two, where um, we've tried to sort of use the right chilli with the right ingredients and explain why we're using a particular type of chilli and why we're treating it as such and um, yeah, just trying to get people's sort of heads around it because, like you say, there is a thirst for knowledge in certainly in the UK food scene these days. People want to know more about their ingredients. You know, they want to know varieties and variations. You know, so yeah, it's or, like or, I mean, any ingredient now: mushrooms, cheeses, uh, whatever yeah. you want to say. There's so many different varieties, and they all bring different notes and and are best and done in different ways and, and best served in different ways. And it's just a really interesting yeah. that. When you look at chili, you don't just look at it as a heap. You look at it as different flavors, and you start breaking down which chilies to yeah. actually use for for what dishes and in what purpose, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, well, we've said. I mean, I'm Dave. Dave and I, I'm repeating myself a lot here by saying this, but one of the things we say to people very regularly is that we are probably one of the only cultures in the world that have taken on chili, but we've taken it on for its heat first and flavor second, if at all. Whereas if you look at any other culture in the world, really, that, that has chilies as part of their staple diet, be it in, in sort of uh, Asia, India, um, you, you know, South America, and uh, yeah. Middle America, and so on, 
they're using those chilies for the flavour first, and the heat just happens to be a kind of a byproduct of yeah. using that food. So whereas we're not quite there yet. So it's a slow tide that is turning, but um, at the moment people are adding, and this is why Dave's saying, you know, you watch these TV chefs, they're going, well, we're adding a bit of chilli for a bit of kit. Actually, it's a real shame because you want to be adding chilli for, for the flavour as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think that's, you might know more about it. Like, why why does it affect certain people differently to others? Like, because Dan and I definitely are using chili because we like the flavour of chili, and not just for heat. Like, we we appreciate the different ones, and almost like the heat does come later because we feel well, Dan even more so than me. But we can handle that flavour, and we can get the flavour without the burn as much. Like when you pass that same dish on to someone else. They're just going to yeah. go, they're just like, ah, it's just too hot, I can't taste it. Whereas we're like, God, that's a really nice flavour. Well, it's not too hot either, is it? So why why does it affect people so differently, do you know? Well, that's, that's I mean, it's a really good question, and we get asked that all the time. And people are affected um, individually um, on heat levels. Even like the likes of Jay himself and a load of other guys that I know and uh, ladies is... Everybody is an individual, and that's where we're lucky. Now, if we take a step back and look at the science of the chili, the chili is uh, the reason it's hot is because it's uh, it sends signals to your brain, so it's your pain receptors, but it's false signals, so it's like a neu- uh, neurotoxin. Now, the chili is designed to do that with mammals and, and actually make us not eat them because it's like a, a poison, so that's what gives us that heat. Because in nature, chilies, the seeds are spread by birds. And believe it or not, birds can't taste capsaicin, which is the um, liquid inside, the oil inside the chili, which is actually the heat. So in nature, birds, you can put down a chili and watch seagulls eat it, and they just eat it, eat it, eat it, and no effect. However, you give it to any sort of warm-blooded mammal uh, creature, you will instantly get a reaction. And that's the plant's self-defense mechanism. And the reason birds can't taste it is they can fly further and then spread the seed in their natural composting method that they do. Um, whereas us humans, we eat it and that's it. Um, so we don't spread the seed. Um, and that's why they're whole. And then it's tolerance level as well. So it's like Definitely. if you eat chili every day, um, and so there you go, like eat chili every day, what type of chili? Um, but if you have chili and you're exposed to it all the time, your tolerance does get higher and higher. I mean, I went away for a couple of months once um, and didn't have hardly any chilies because I was abroad somewhere and sort of come back and my tolerance level had dropped right down. And it's the same as many cultures in the world. You know, you go to Thailand, for, for instance, you know, they have chili three times a day and every bit of food, so their tolerance is a lot higher. So as sort of Europeans, um, we are, and like, like you say, yourself and Dan, you can handle a good nice hot chili, pass it to a friend and they find it exceedingly hot and, it's, and it literally is, is you've got to be exposed to it on a regular um, mm. basis so, so do you think it's psychological as well and I'm not really because I think like sometimes when I eat something really hot I'm like immediately going well it's not it's not going to be as hot as that hottest thing I ever had so it's like almost like <laughs> I, I almost like do it out myself because I like think oh, I've had something hotter than this so this won't be that bad <laughs> been there many times yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's psychological i think i think um yeah i think it is to do like data it's tolerance definitely and tolerance will dip if you don't keep up with it 
Um, and yeah, a number of taste receptors as well actually has a, an influence. So every human tongue varies. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not exactly all made up in exactly the same way. Otherwise, we would all look the same, wouldn't we? So, um, and I'm much better looking than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> your, your eyes are also bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, there are lots of little um, variables as well. And obviously, chilies themselves can vary. So, you know, you can have, um, you know, you could both have a jalapeno each on the table right now and take a bite. And actually, one could be hotter than the other. So, chilies, whilst they've all got their, their SHG or scalable heat unit measurement, um, it's an average, that number. And that, um, you know that, that in itself can play its part sometimes. So all, all you, you know, all you need is what you call my uh, like a, a rogue chili, um, and you end up with something that's a little bit more um, sort of full on, really. Yeah. And you <laughs> so, can literally get that on the same plant, can't you? Because I've like grown my own chilies and yeah. had one off the plant yeah. one day and it'd be fine. Then the next day, that one's like blowing my head off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can um, you can play God slightly as well with it by stressing the plant and so on, because if you start to put the plant under a bit of pressure and stress, it, it focuses on on the fruit and it's kind of its way of trying to preserve itself and, and carry on, you know, down generations, if you will. So, um, and by doing that, you can you can actually make chilies a little bit hotter than they would otherwise naturally grow. Um, so we, we do it sometimes if we're feeling a bit naughty or, we, you know, we're growing particular chilies for competitions. Um, you know, we know people are going to eat them. So. You, s- you slap the chilli yeah. pan every time you walk past it just, just to make keep, it a bit angry. Keep calling it names and yeah. stuff. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, uh, my, my preferred method is actually just, just not water it too much and kind of leave it right on the edge. But it seems really cruel, but it does have a massive effect to the, um, the, the heat of the fruit. That's really interesting. Mm. I suppose that's the same with, like, again, with all, all fruits and stuff. Again, I guess if you didn't water a lemon tree or an apple tree or you, you expose them to different uh, climates and stuff, you end up with a different product. It's like grapes. I mean, grapes from all over the world, you end up with oh, different yeah. varieties. And again, if you have a bad season because there's not been enough water or drought or whatever, the heat's not been there, there's not been enough sun, and you end up with a completely different product than, than what you do on a good vintage. So it's it's a... Mm. It's uh, interesting, yes. Yeah. It? it makes sense, definitely. Yeah, it is. It's funny actually because I mean, I mean, I used to work in the wine industry, and um, you know, we had to be able to uh, taste the wine and identify its terroir, and by that, it's as in you have to identify the type of soil it was grown in, um, even to to the to the um, limits where you even be able to identify the country ideally and, and even the altitude to some degree. Wow. Um, so it, it, was, it was pretty full on, but. Um, I must admit, I've never really um, then looked at chilies and tried different growing mediums and seen whether um, it takes on much flavour. But obviously, grapes do very much so. But um, I'm not so sure about chilies. So, so what about the t- 2016 vintage Tesco's? So we've we've named like. Well, you've named a few varieties there, I guess. So what's your personal, have you both got favourite varieties of chilies that you've tried before? Yeah, I mean, I, mine, I, I really, really like sort of habaneros um, and the some of the athi family as well, because, of the, you know, Jay said about the citrus, because you literally just break it open and it, you just get that citrus, light, uh, lemony sort of flavour in there. And then with the habaneros, there's quite a lot of variety of habaneros. But again, they're nice-sized pod, good. 
I think one if you do want to remove the seeds, they're easy. Uh, but they're good and they're great for uh, just whacking on the uh, barbecue and stuff like that. Because I mean, you know, we've done it loads of times. You just put a load of cheese inside and wrap it with a bit of bacon, put it on the barbie, and then whack, there you go, straight straight away. I think Jay's got a different his, his favourite is a different one. Yeah, it just reminds me actually when Dave's saying about uh, I'm, I'm on a slight tangent here, but um, there is a video of us on our YouTube channel somewhere of me at the Grillstock um, Festival eating a whole hot smoked. Um, giant red habanero, which is a massive thing. It's like the size of like a beef tomato, you know what I mean? So, mm. um, but um, being hot smoked, it makes the skin really tough. Um, and I, yeah, the video itself is me chewing it and then spitting it all over some woman. There you go. My favourite, um, I am, I'm, I'm a hard and fast ghost pepper fan or neither gelatia. But in its truest form, so uh, not not the Dorset Naga, not the Naga Black or anything like that. The the, the real peaky one sort of Indian um, Naga pepper. I absolutely adore for flavour. It's a massively deep, rich, rounded fruit flavour. Yeah, it's got a massive amount of kick to it. But um, again, for as long as I kind of keep my my training up, shall we say, my chilly yeah. exercise, then um, then it's all good. Um, I'm also quite a big fan of a pepper which is almost like standalone flavours. Uh, called a satali, and that's kind of like a citrus tropical. It tastes there's notes of like pineapple in there as there is lemon. It's incredibly tropical um, flavor chili, but again quite quite a pokey little number at the same time with similar heat to that of sort of Scotch bonnet and have. So it, it's um, something that you can't mess about with uh, <laughs> too much. But yeah, flavor wise, it's just pop drawer. Mm. With, with that sort of. Those sort of more niche chilies are you, where are you buying seeds and growing them yourself, or are these sort of things that need to be imported? Where where do you find that sort of product? Well, we generally um, buy seed um, and then grow the plants ourselves. The, however, I mean, you know, for the listeners now is always go to a trusted seed source. Um, the amount of horror stories that people send us of you know because a lot of people go in contact with us over social media and want to share their plant, their photo, etc., or ask us a question. And a lot of people buy their seeds of what we call untrusted, sort of eBay and things like this, of Joe Blogs, you know, seed company, or what they call themselves that. And then they've bought the seed, and it takes sort of eight to nine months to nurture a chili plant on. And then they say, oh, yeah, look at this chili plant, it's this. And you look at it and you go, that is not that chili plant whatsoever. Um, so, you know, we've, you know, on our website, we've got a uh, growing tip page um, and we list a few of our recommended uh, chili seed suppliers because y- you need to get them from a good source um, and a genuine source because when a chili seed comes to you, it just looks like a chili seed you're not going to know that that is a specific type of chili unless it's sort of koto which is a black seed but... yeah it's um it's quite amusing actually we had one guy last year that contacted us sent us a picture and said um, can you help us identify um, this chili that we're growing and we both looked at the image and um, sort of just put our fist in our mouth because what he was actually growing was deadly nightshade, <laughs> but we didn't know about it. That's mental. I wasn't <laughs> So that didn't get into it. But, but like Dave said, but there are people out there that are giving, um, I'm working with the National Seed Bank, um, and those are normally um, good suppliers. Um, if they're working with them, then, um, you know, sleeping plants and preventing cross-pollinations and, and so on. So, 
you know, we've got a few places we would look, but um, but the, the type of you know, you know the source of the seed is is absolutely crucial from the outset. Yeah, so we we have like we have a quite decent uh, chili farm quite close to us, South Devon Chili Farm, and we've yeah, yeah quite often, yep. they're quite good. They've got like plants and seeds and loads of other products yeah. as well. But I'm guessing on your website you must list all of the ones that you guys would yeah. recommend. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some, somewhere like that, there are chili farms. You've got um, Upton Chili Chili Farm, you've got Wiltshire, there's up and down the country, there's chili farms. Um, and they are trusted, and they are to be trusted because they're in the business. Um, we just always say, you know, if you're going on into eBay and, and other sites like that, then you need to be knowing where and who the seller is, not Joe Bloggs who's selling seeds. Yeah, definitely. So, Ed, I mean, you mentioned the, the the chilies that you like to talk about now, chili producers in the UK. So I would say, like, probably about you got like Chile, India, Mexico, and Spain are sort of your large chili exporters in the world. Like, uh, how how do like the growers here in the UK, for instance, South Delhi Chili Farm, the Up and Cheney Chili Farm, and places like that? How do their chilies compare to the chilies from these sort of countries? And and how's like the UK chili growing industry doing? And 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 compared to the other ones. Um, I, I'd say they're, they're on a par. Um, uh, the, the main difference here is that we just haven't got the climate for it. Um, so it's, it, it, they've got to work a lot harder to yield the same sort of result. Uh, so over here, you know, if you go to pretty much any chili farm, they'll, they'll be growing under, um, under lights to begin with this time of year and then into polytunnels. Um, throughout the rest of the year, whereas, you know, we've been to, to places uh, sort of over the world where it's nothing but fields of chili plants where they're just able to grow naturally because they've got the, the, the climate and the environment for it. But, um, again, it, it goes back to the previous point that as long as you've got a good source of seed, if it's a good seed to begin with, then for as long as you're nurturing it as you ought to, then you'll, you'll end up with a good quality, um, good quality plant. So... Um, no, that I would say the actual quality of produce that Britain is, um, you know, coming up with overall is, is is really very good. So, do you think you really need to be growing the chilies in like a greenhouse or like indoor sort of area to keep them sunny? Do they need like lights on them and stuff like that, or do they not? No. They're a bit harder than that. Um, no, I mean in the UK, um, we, we're not we haven't got a guaranteed climate, so we always sort of advise people it's sort of now, January to um, sort of mid-March is when you want to plant your seed. Um, now, two plants, we've got to remind ourselves where chilies come from, which is, a, you know, sort of a Central America. And what you're trying to do is replicate that climate. So, you know, they literally, because by the equator, um, you're getting 12 hours sunlight a day. So you need sunlight and warmth. Um, the seeds germinate generally around about 28 degrees Celsius, so you're looking, if you're going to grow them in the UK, you need a sunny greenhouse. So um, if you've got a garden or indeed, I, I mean, we're looking at a chili plant at the moment, which is sat in my windowsill. Um, you need to have, so if they're going to be in the house, you need to have them in the south place window. If you're lucky enough and you've got either a greenhouse, you can, go, you can buy these really cheap sort of £20 plastic um, tunnels. Um, We've grown them many a time. I've put, I think, about four or five plants in there and had a really, really good yield. But they definitely need to be undercover. We do know people that have grown them outside, but they're not very successful. Yeah. 
I definitely concur with that, really, because I've grown my own. I've had some on the window ledge, and I've had one that was just like massive, and it was too big really to have on the window ledge. So I put it out in the garden, but it didn't survive yeah. very well. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, um, it's really easy to grow chili plants, but there's just a few basic rules. Uh, and then we do give quite well, quite basic, but an easy guide on our website on um, growing chilies as well. I mean, it's, you know, so if you want to get into growing chilies then that's quite a good start point. We talk about compost, we talk about germination, light, feed, um, yeah, pollination, you know, ladybirds and all sorts of things. What about the like the rest of the chili plant? I mean like there's quite often flowers and quite often like leaves and stuff. Can you can you use those or eat those in any way? Can are they are they edible? Yeah, yeah they are. I mean most most nightshade leaves you shouldn't you shouldn't really be eating at all, but with chili, you, you actually can. So, um, yeah, we, again, we've, we've sort of done videos on this on our, our YouTube channel where we cook with them just to kind of show how what they would do for flavour. I mean, they're, they're quite iron-rich at the end of the day. They're quite dark green leaves, and therefore you're going to have a kind of iron, almost um, spinach-like taste to them. Um, okay. Some people seem to think that the, the, the leaf will also mimic the flavour of the chilli to a very small degree. It's not something I've ever really picked up on personally, but it, I guess if you're eating a green chilli and a green leaf, you might be able to kind of you know draw parallels with the, the sort of bitterness elements of it. But yeah, you can. So, I mean, the flowers, you know, like a courgette flower, for example, you know, people, it's quite trendy to, to stuff them and, and batter them, tempura style and whatnot, whereas chilli, uh, the flowers on chilies, they, they, they you're kind of wasting it, really, if you want to try and do something with that. Yeah, it's too small. I like nothing other than a, a decoration, really. So, but the leaves, certainly with the Thai style, with the upward-facing chilies, uh, those particular leaves, I think, are very good um, for, for using. And again, you can use them, you can wilt them down like a spinach. Um, we've done it where we've just shredded them, then deep-fried them, and then, um, you know, they only take about two or three seconds in the fryer literally dilute the moisture and become crisp and then we use them as like a nice little textured topping. Um, so like crispy seaweed, yeah. There's no heat, there's no heat in those leaves. No, so they, they don't take on any heat. It's just simply flavour. Cool, awesome. That's, that's really interesting. And you guys also organise uh, sort of chilli eating competitions across, you've touched on them slightly. There's some at Grill Stock and you, you do some at other events across the country. Yeah, I mean, I mean we... <laughs> Yeah, chili eating competitions are so much fun. <laughs> we uh, we got into it because when we started the club, we you know we used to go to festivals and grill stock, and you know we, we didn't go there as a Clifton chili club. We weren't our tops, etc. But we we entered the chili eating competition. Um, so it all started off from us entering chili competition, and you know we've we've lost many, we've won a few, um, been in a lot of pain, etc. And it's just basically. One of the event organisers saw saw us with a top on, and I said, "Oh, what, you know, what's this chili club? No, oh, we're just a chili club. Oh, would you like to run a chili competition? Because you've just been in the chili." And we're like, "I'm going, yeah." So we started running chili competitions. So you know, it takes a small team. Um, we oh, we uh, I'm trying to think how many we've done now, but uh, yeah, but our YouTube channels prolific with chili eating competitions and where you can watch people in pain and all sorts of things. Um, but, yeah, we go around, like, like you say, grill stock. I mean, we did what grill stock and the band that was on before us had an audience of about five, 600 people. We then set up the stage and literally 
And um, this is no joke. There was 20,000 people in the crowd. And we were like, ah, wow. And I think Razor Light was after us, weren't they? And it was just like, that is amazing. And it was, it's just epic. People like to see people in pain. You know, shabby yeah. definitely. Not bad to see you warmed up for Razor Light. Yeah, definitely warmed up. <laughs> 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 we said it to him quite a few because we had. Um, Levi Roots, we, uh, we made a joke with him. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we played with him at the crowd from. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out as well. yeah. <laughs> I'd say people do love to like watch it as well, though, don't you? Like Dan and I quite often will watch YouTube videos of people eating ridiculously hot stuff. It's on your channel yeah. and as well as just just searching for hottest chilies that you just find yourself yeah. in this world of people more that are crazy <laughs> more the curiosity we reckon i mean people just seem to like to watch other people suffer but maybe with sort of the, the safety of the fact that they're never really going to come to any uh fatal harm is <laughs> so, that fine line well, we, we do i mean i mean because we host it we compare it um there's a number of us that compare it we film it and then obviously we upload it to our youtube channel and it is i mean for instance you know um, one of our videos has got 10 million views now um, yeah. that's a cheating competition absolutely amazing wow yeah it's, it's good isn't it <laughs> not bad we've got a pound for everything <laughs> yeah. you do you've got a lot your youtube channel's got like over sixty-five thousand subscribers now so you've got quite a big following there so what's yeah your, what's, what's next up on the videos coming up so we can see on the chili club youtube page well we, we every sunday we release one at 7 p.m gmt um uk time and we never sort of tell anybody what we we're going to release we don't we've got a schedule of videos well, we've got loads uploaded at the moment and they're all set to release at um seven o'clock on sunday and we sort of keep it quiet what we've reviewed. We don't really release any products because we do source reviews and chili product reviews as well. Obviously, the chili eating competitions, they come in later, sort of not later in the year, but they come in sort of later in the year. Onwards, yeah. yeah, and then um, you can detect when they're going to come out because on our website, it tells you where we're going to be. So you know within a day or two in the video. However, um, you know, we do the chili product reviews. So we buy our products from Asda's to you know, from Joe Bloggs chili shop or whatever. But also then we're, you know, once in a while do a cooking video, we do growing tips or a growing update. So there's a whole variety. So if you if you like chili in competitions, chili in competitions, if you like your yeah, chili products, um, or if you want tips and hints and growing there's so we've got a massive variety of videos on our on our channel just everything's really chilly, really. Yeah, I mean, we try and mix it up as much as we can as well. So it's, it's kind of interesting for the viewer, we hope, by by um, having different types of video each week. And it obviously keeps it interesting for us as well. So, uh, like they said, I mean, product reviews are, are a regular thing. Um, you know, there's no shortage of them in the UK in the way of sort of new products coming out. So... Um, the type of product will vary. It's not. It's not always a hot sauce. It could be a you know a, a snack or a spice mix or a cooking sauce or something like that. Um, but then you know we like to um, you know we, we like to, obviously we enjoy cooking as well and we like to evangelise about the uses of particular chilies and their flavours that we've already touched on and um, you know a cooking video for us is a really good way to get that across. Um, and um, obviously we've just recently gotten to the podcast side of things as well, so we we also convert that into a YouTube 
um, audio-only video just, you know, as, as another platform for us, really. So, um, yeah, so what, what, I mean, there's always something coming. So to go back to your sort of question, really, there's always something that's um, on the cards for us. And then, um, uh, and that's on a weekly basis, and then sometimes bi-weekly and, and so on. But, um, yeah, and then as we get into May through to kind of more or less, October time. Um, that's when we'll, we'll have a, a glut of the chili eating competitions for as long as people are happy to have us. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking through your channel now. There's just so so much variety. Like you said, it's it's cool to have that out there because if you are a fan of chili, it's just giving you like like you said recipes, growing tips, everything. Just seeing so it looks like a bonsai chili tree or something. What's that? Is that, is that that's a real a thing? Tree. <laughs> yeah. That's the plant that um, we're actually looking at now. It's on my windowsill. But that's um, it's a it's a take on a bonsai plant and a chili plant. So it's a bonchi. Um, and basically that one was grown for uh, competition purposes for uh, chili festivals. You know, we travel the world, and you know the ones in the UK, um, they have a, a lot of them have a chili plant growing category. And so me being me, I just want to be different, and uh, I did that, and I won every single one I entered in this year. So happy with that. Awesome! Yeah, it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you say it's good. I mean, we do have a lot of variety on the channel, and that's that's always been something quite sort of core yeah. for us. Um, and uh, people like whilst the Tinnington competitions have, have always been quite viral at times. Um, there is definitely a sound um, set of followers, if you will, that are looking for information. Um, I mean, when you know, we check um, probably like you guys do, but we, we check the analytics on our websites, and actually, our most popular pages are the ones that are offering out a lot of information, um, mainly on things like how to win a chili eating competition or um, sort of flavour notes of chilies and what to cook with them and so forth. And um, you know, we did a, um, a an article for. Um, is it UK Barbecue Mag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the January edition for that, we wrote an article for them um, just on uh, obviously trying to draw a parallel between um, sort of barbecue cooking and, and the types of chilies that you might want to use and in what kind of circumstance and why and, and kind of do so almost like food pairing in a, in a roundabout way um, so people kind of understand what's going to uh, sort of transpire what's going to come through in a dish um, uh, based on you know your, your meat selection and your chili selection awesome I look forward to reading that what? yeah it's online somewhere I think so. yeah. yeah check it out <laughs> we um what not we as I say what do you think that like, goes into like, an ultimate like bar, uh, chili sauce if you're going to make a chili sauce what's the like key things that you need to put into one to like make it the optimum chili sauce Chilies, chilies, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely chilies. Lots of chilies. So, I mean, a chili sauce. The difference between a hot sauce and a chili sauce for me is a hot sauce can contain very little chili, um, but still be hot because you, you can either use chili extract or just some, you know, small amount of super hots. Uh, whereas a, a chili sauce should taste the chilli, um, you know, and that's that. That for me is is the difference between the two. So, you know, the same balance, isn't it? It's, yeah, you balance your ingredients. So. It's using, you know, you have to use a preservative. So it's using the right vinegar, getting the right, you know, there's there's not just one type of vinegar out there. And it's experimenting. And, and you know, if you, you've sat at home and you want to try it, then, you know, do get different vinegars and actually 
use the same ingredients and just try it with a different vinegar because you're actually, actually amazed and the different uh, flavour notes that you get from uh, different vinegars. But then it's, it's pairing the chilli with the ingredients as well. Uh, you've got some chilies that will go well with some fruits like mango, pineapple, there's all those sort of things. But then try it with other stuff like tomatoes and things like that. There's, there's lots of ways you can pair it and then make your own chilli sauce. But, you know, yeah. Hot sauce is very much, um, it's very subjective. Um, at the end of the day, so I mean, you, you know, we've all got our own. I like smoked flavours very much, so um, for me, I like a nice sort of smoked, um, like smoked ghost pepper or chipotle sauce that's been made well, um, where it kind of shines through. Um, but then there's times when I just want pure, unadulterated kind of chilli flavour, and then a good hot sauce for me is a case of less is more. So the less ingredients, the better. It's just chilli in the space. So you, you know, there's a preservative in in um, most sauces, which is in the form of vinegar and citric acid. So, um, you know, just some, any company that's just given a bit of thought about the flavour notes and the balance um, between so few ingredients um, kind of normally gets uh, the sort of tip of the hat from us. Cool. Is there, are there any sort of ingredients that you should avoid putting in a chilli sauce if you're trying to, like, trying to make a hot sauce, a hot chilli sauce, then if, is there certain things that you could put in that's going to, potentially cancel out the chilli effects or not? Um, it's more to do with, it depends. I mean, if you're talking on a commercial basis and you have to be careful of ingredients that can um, actually raise the pH of the sauce when it's, um, once it's been made. So um, most professional sauce makers will be pH testing their sauces to know that it lies underneath a certain number to make it kind of safe and give it a shelf life. Um, so on a you know on a commercial basis, you've just got to be a bit careful that you're not adding in ingredients that are going to uh, raise that pH and effectively make it um, unedible. Um, and then when you're at home, um, you know if you're just making a sauce for your, your meal that evening or something, you're just going to keep in the fridge for a couple of days. Um, you know you can you should experiment, but um, there are some things that you know. <laughs> It will act more of bulk than they will offer out flavour. I mean, I've seen people use things like courgette and marrow in a chilli sauce. Um, and it didn't, all that does is it just kind of, it detracts from the chilli flavour, um, but doesn't offer up anything in return. So um, you, you want to, again, it's, it's food pairings, isn't it? You know, like if you guys are using a rub on, on a piece of meat, you know, those spices, that blend of spices and the spices that are in there are, are important to you, you know. Um, and you, you, there are certain spices that you may not wish to use or salt content that you may not want to have or too much pepper, whatever the case may be. Um, so, uh, you know, making sauces is very much sort of the same way. You've just got to understand what you're, what you're putting into it and, and what you're trying to achieve with it as well. Cool. I guess the flip side to that then, what, what should you do to try and reduce the heat levels? Say you've say you've made a dish for someone and it's too hot. There's all the different stories. Of it. It's like have a glass of milk, put yogurt, <laughs> yogurt. Like what? What yeah. then, is there anything that really works? Because I've had some really hot chilies and I've drank a glass of milk and it's done nothing. Yeah, you're looking really. I mean. Looking for your dairy products, and a lot of people go, you want a full fat milk. Um, your dairy products, your yogurts, um, your potted cream, ice cream. Now that will just 
letting it burn, it won't get rid of it. One of the ways you can do it and you've got rid of your mouth is um, get a shot of vodka. Shot of vodka and use it as a mouth rinse. So Listerine is good, actually. Yeah, Listerine. Ethanol, yeah. alcohol, basically. And you're washing it because it's the, the oil from the capsaicin that's coated your, your, your mouth, and that's where you're getting, the, obviously, the sensory burning from, which is obviously psychological. But Listerine, shot of vodka, but then obviously don't swallow it, spit it out, um, and that helps rinse it off your, uh, your, sort of your oral cavity. I thought it was just like yeah. one of your excuses so you could have a shot of vodka or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, eat a chilli and have a shot. drink. <laughs> yeah, so if you, if you drink that down, all you're going to do is move that burden from your mouth to your gut and that's another, that's another fun and game section after that. So, uh, I quite like um, peanut butter. Peanut butter, like a nice creamy peanut butter is very good. Um, you know, it's the palm oil mainly in peanut butter, obviously sustainably sourced, of course. Um, you know, that, that actually can really help um, dislodge the capsaicin. Um, avocado is another one that's not too bad. And um, sort of citric juices. So things like, um, you, you know, a wedge of lime or, or lemon. Um, but yeah, quite quite literally chewing chewing a lime. It's not the most fun thing you'll ever do, but it's a fair, it's a deal with the devil in a sense. But it, 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 it kind of, it does the trick ultimately. And what about, like, is there... People always say, like, oh, take the seeds out and it won't be as hot if you do that. And But then other people said it's the white bit that's around the seeds. Like, where, where is the heat coming from? It's in the, it's in the membrane. So the, if you slice the chilli open, you will see you've got, obviously, the chilli seeds, which are in the central part near the top. Now, if you get a, a really, really hot one and slice it open, you'll actually naturally see the oil starting to appear out of the membrane. So there's a very, very slim like membrane around the whole inside of the chili. And it's the oil capsaicin. That's what coats the seeds. If you can wash the seeds, there's no heat. There's actually no heat in the seeds whatsoever. Now when you see the chefs doing it on TV and they say, Oh, DC the chili, if you watch carefully what they're doing and they say, Oh, I'm getting rid of the heat, what they're actually doing is they're putting the knife down, scraping and what they're actually doing and they seem to not be able to get this across for some reason, but they're actually scraping the membrane away. And that's what's getting rid of the heat. So it's like, I mean, I go with a teaspoon and just you get rid of them that way. But the, the seeds don't contain any heat whatsoever. So your best thing, thing to do if you've got a really like hot, say, we're, example, we were, you may have seen us. We were on My Kitchen Rules on Channel 4. One of our dishes we served yeah. up were some uh, jalapenos, like stuffed with cheese wrapped in bacon. Um, we got massively criticised for our jalapeno poppers that they were way too hot. Love them. They weren't too hot yeah. for us. Like we ate them and loads of people on the show ate them and they weren't too hot, but we won't go into that. But, no, <laughs> no. but we, we, kind of, we justify, we're like, well, we put cream cheese in them, that's going to cool it down. But do you think ultimately if we'd like got, a, like say, a teaspoon and scraped the inside yeah. afterwards? Like I took the seeds out, but should we have given it a scrape as well? And Could that have reduced the heat a bit more? You can, um, but the thing is, the the skin on the outside of a chili is the only thing that's not hot, um, and even that to it is is not a hundred percent guaranteed. But the the capsaicin um, that soaks right through into the flesh as well. So whilst the concentration is more in the centre of the chili, and giving it a little scrape with a spoon and whatnot will decrease the heat to uh, a, a certain level. Um, you know, that that heat exists within the rest of the flesh. So it's not like, you you know, if you, if you scrape with a very sharp knife, 
um, there's no perfect way of removing that heat because it will exist within the flesh itself. Mm-hmm. So it helps a little bit, but it, it's not it's not the answer. You know, you, you just want a bell pepper if you don't want the heat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Give me the option. You got the bell pepper or you got the jalapeno. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what we do now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess. It's just like you said. It's down to what people think are really hot. Like we, we personally don't class a jalapeno as a really, really hot pepper, but no, to a no. lot of people, that is a really hot pepper. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the other thing is that you can always, um, you, you can sometimes get an inkling of the heat of a pepper, um, it, it, depending on whether it's been allowed to ripen on the plant. As well, so jalapenos. Most people know jalapenos as these green chilies, but obviously that's it kind of unripe status so um what you can do if you've got them is you leave them on the windowsill they'll eventually go red but chilies don't get any hotter um turning red off the plant so if they're allowed to turn red on the plant then that jalapeno i mean jalapenos they vary a little bit but they're about three to five thousand scale units but if you leave them to go red on the plant they'll they'll almost double in heat they'll be about ten thousand um, I and mean, chipotle if it's made to its truest form is, is actually made from red jalapenos as a smoked and dried um, it shouldn't be made from some green jalapenos at all. So sometimes you can get a bit of a clue as to whether what kind of heat you're going to get as to whether that plant, that, that chili's been left to, to ripen on the plant or not. That's really interesting. I, I'd never known. I I sort of I'd seen like red jalapenos and green jalapenos and had them and stuff. I just didn't know whether it was like people just messing with the genetics of them. Like you can make no. fruit and stuff, different colours and stuff. That's about letting them ripen then. Yeah, actually, do you know what? Next time, next time you go to a supermarket or something and you do see a, a green one and a red one, actually buy one of each and actually taste the difference because what you will find with the red one is because it's a mature cod, it, especially with the jalapeno, it's got much more natural sugars in it. So when it matures and goes red, you get a lot more natural sugars in it. And actually, although it's hotter, it doesn't taste as hot because it's sweeter. Yeah. So you let it... The green one's a lot more bitter. Okay, cool. And And... You sort of get the same with like bird's eyes. There's, there's a lot of green and red bird's eyes. Is is that the same sort of thing with that, or are they just yep. generally different colours? Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. The, the, the green green chilies are basically the um, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the teenagers, and then your red ones inherently are your adult, fully fully grown. That's it. They're they're, they're the fully grown ones. Cool. Oh, interesting. I had some purple chilies as well. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, 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 come on, damn you, people, Tibetans, I forget what you call them, that's Pretty purple, um, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, pur- purple um, are all one of the same, <laughs> all into the same family, but um, the thing with the purple ones is that they, there aren't that, in my opinion anyway, there aren't that many tasty ones, they're quite bitter, quite sharp, They the, the purple ones make great ornamental plants, but um, there aren't really ones that I would ever want to eat or cook with. I mean, the nearest I get to it is a, is a fairly rare variety um, called a pink tiger, which I think, remember correctly, was crossed with a purple anyway. Um, but that, again, that's a very sharp, very aggressive heat on that for such a small little chili. Yeah, yeah, they were they were hot. And like you said, I think I do remember them quite bitter in taste. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd avoid them to cook it with. Well, I'll make a note of that. For next. <laughs> <laughs> he only bought them because he wears a pe- uh, often wears a purple tie and shirt to work, yeah, so he wanted like his purple. chili plant to match his shirt and tie. <laughs> 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 
There, there is a, uh, a, another one that I liked that I got from the Chili Palm at the same time. It's like a, I don't know if I'm getting it right now. Hu I want to say Hungarian wax or hot, hot wax, wax yeah. or something like that. That, yeah, that Hungarian hot wax. Quite a nice flavour to it as well. Yeah, I can remember right. it being like a bit sweet corny or still like melony or something. I can't remember what the flavour profile it was now. I've got two, yeah. I had two different chilies at the time. I'm sure one was like sweet corn sort of. When you grilled it, it tasted sweet corny, and then I had another one that was more of like a melon sort of texture. Yeah, I mean, the Hungarian hot wax, I know that one pretty well, and um, that's a, a great all round, and, and, and again, it can be fairly common to get hold of as well. We, we used um, that in a TV show um, years ago with Paul Hollywood, and it was the Hungarian hot wax that we used in the cooking. Um, however, he did make us a separate one with the Dawson Arga, and actually educate everybody on the show. Actually, they actually preferred the Dorset Nile, which was like a hundred times hotter. Hungarian <laughs> <laughs> hot wax, beautiful, big pods, they're about six to eight inches long, great for stuffing, absolutely great for stuffing, and just slice open, put on the barbecue. Um, commercially, commercially, they are used um, by some companies for colour mm. as well, so because they, they they become quite a vibrant and bright red. Um, so some sauce producers will add them in to help um, create a natural, sort of brighter red colour to their sauce. Awesome. I think we could we could just chat chilies with you guys all, all day because we love chilli. We've never got to chat to people that are as expert of, on chilies yeah, as you we guys know nothing are. and you guys know loads, so we yeah. can learn quite a lot, I think. Yeah, I think we might need to schedule another chat. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, do a follow-up. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well... We're like approaching our hour mark, guys, so we're going to have to stop you. Could you just remind everyone where they can find you online? Like, check out your website and your Twitter. Yeah, sure. We're um, on Twitter at Clifton Chili, and that's Chili with uh, double L I. We've got our YouTube channel, just put Clifton Chili Club. On Facebook, Clifton Chili Club, and our website is cliftonchiliclub.com. And then we've got our Instagram as well, and that's Clifton Chili Club. So we've got a whole Load of social media thread where you can get in contact with us, view um, and subscribe, please. Just before you go, I just want to ask you a quick question. <laughs> you just pointed out the chili with two L's. What is the correct way of spelling chili? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what um, or chili? <laughs> oh Lord, you're opening up a can of worms. So the British spelling is double L. Okay. Um, I, be I believe the um, US spelling is one L, and it can also be accepted with an E instead of an I on the end. Um, it is generally one L. Yeah. And we've um, got Cab I, which is uh, over in Asia, um, which is uh, uh, C-A-B-A-I. But, yeah, actually, it's a UK thing. It's um, it's literally purely UK that it's spelled. I think Australia spelled it with a double L as well. Possibly, uh, yeah. It's a can of worms. <laughs> so we're, right, from, we'll leave it we're from the UK, therefore we'll spell it double L. Double L. Double L. Yeah, Clifton Chip Double L. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. It's been wicked chatting to you. Cheers, man. Thank you very much. Thanks. Cheers for that. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you a hump day. Uh. I forgot what I'm meant to be saying. But as always, we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamali Joe, and Smoke with Chaka, awesome sponsors. And ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products. 
with top-notch service and free advice beginners to pitmasters and you can find them on facebook twitter and instagram under Proky smokers so if you think about buying it from charcoal cabinet smokers check them out over at max barbecue and barbecue gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the uk and europe top championship winning barbecue rubs sauces marinades and accessories from the us and around the world and you can find them on twitter and online under barbecue gourmet so regardless of how you cook whether it's on wood charcoal gas or electric your taste barbecue can be yours all year round and Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation for smoking, roasting, searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. So get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. And Smoke with Jack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, then head on over to smokewithjack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at Smoke with Jack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. When I was speaking to uh, my new friend Heston Blumenthal at the weekend. Yeah, he, he said told I was you the, the other best barbecue. Yeah, he said, 